I'm Vic Faust, Tab of the Hassles here, Eric Johnson, Scott Gherkin, ready to get you rocking and rolling today. We've got so much to talk about, a lot of crime going on in this country. We know that, but some specific things we're going to get into in New York. Um, how would you like to go to a really nice hotel and find hundreds of illegal single men? Tablet sounds like your place. I'm on my way right now. <laughs> we needed oh a laugh. Oh my God. <laughs> it's raining men. Don't, don't be so quick to dismiss it. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting right there, drinking all the alcohol, causing problems, refusing to leave. And once again, yes, they're illegal. We'll get into all that. Heck, they're even turning down bribes. <laughs> they own this country. They do, literally. Thank you, Joe Biden. We'll get into that. Mm. Um, Cindy Williams passed away, 75 years old, from Laverne and Shirley. She's Shirley, or she was Shirley. She, no, she was, yeah, she was Shirley, because Laverne Shirley. died years ago. Correct. But that was so sad. Shemazel. So sad. <laughs> we'll get into all of that. Is it Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated? I, I can't remember. <laughs> as I good as guess If I anybody would know that jingle, it'd be you. Hello, LeVan. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's there's something Squ- more fitting. Was that Squiggy? Yeah, you know that's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Is he still alive? Yeah, Lenny I think and Squiggy? So. I think they both are, aren't they? I mean, yeah. Squiggy looked unhealthy back then. Yeah, oh, did. man, that's a good point. I don't know. What a great, great point. Uh, welcome in. Once again, guys, go to canceltheshow.com. Canceltheshow.com. We always encourage you. Jump into the show. Jump in to canceltheshow.com. There's a donate button there, too. If you donate, um, you can get a couple of gifts with that and support what we're doing. Canceltheshow.com. The donate button is on your laptop on the front page. Or if you're on your phone, you'll go to menu, and you can see that as well. A list of sponsors that we're putting on now running at the bottom of our web page as well. You can see those companies that are streaming. Be sure to remember them if there's a purchase you're going to make because they're helping us do what we do. That's right. Um, also, if you're looking, and we're going to, we've got an incredible conservative man who owns a car warranty company who can't wait to join us next Tuesday. I'm so happy you said that. You know, <laughs> Anyone that wants to join us, please do. And you know what? What we do as conservatives, we support the folks who support us. So Ben will be joining us next week to talk about why he has the best car warranties anywhere. And you can check that out on our website as well at Athena. You can check that again. Once again, it is Athena. All right. We uh, appreciated everybody watching the show yesterday. We had, we had an, a different show on because it was icy all over the damn place. But we kick things off, guys. We get right into it. Colonel Joe's got a lot to talk about. He flat out told me, he's like, Vic, don't you or any of your crew interrupt me because I'm on a roll today. <laughs> I, I've, I've got a lot to get done. Colonel Joe Adams, we welcome you into the show this morning. We're just going to pull the string go. and let you go. Where do you want to start this morning uh, be- for your weekly segment? Before you do, Joe, I have to say happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Colonel Adams. Happy birthday. <laughs> 73. <laughs> 73? 73 years young. Nice. Yeah, you probably think yeah, you can yeah. still kick our ass, too, don't you? Oh, he can. I don't, he about, can. I don't know about young, but I don't know about young, but I'm 73. He's got a tank. He can kick and, anyone's uh, ass. Actually, I never I had never planned on living past 41. I figured the uh, war on the Balkans was was my last uh, stand, oh my but uh, here I am. I know. Yeah. So, I thought my last uh, tour was my last stand, but I mean, I mean, I <laughs> So, Joe, where do you want to start this morning? Well... Sometimes when there's a problem that's so utterly ridiculous, how many times we said that you just got to throw your hands up and laugh at it because it's so stupid. Yes. When, when, when there's a problem that can be solved, but nobody's doing it, 
you just got to kind of laugh at it. So we're going to have some fun today. I'll segue into that about how to stop problems in St. Louis City. Here we go. I got it all figured out. All right. I got it all figured out. So, <laughs> it, and the problem will be, will be paid for by Hollywood. Hmm. They're going to foot the bill for this. Okay. Now, again, this is tongue in cheek and it's going to, we're just going to have some fun because I've thrown my hands up and going like, you've got to be kidding me. The answer's there. Nobody's doing it. Uh, I get questions after I do some shows about SOCOM. Now, you know, I'm a member of the intelligence community in this country. So I'm going to do my best impression of Mark Levin this morning because some of the stuff I have to read because there's so much of it. So to answer like people's questions about who SOCOM is that I deal with, SOCOM is the United States Southern Command, located in Doral, Florida, Greater Miami, is one of 11 unified combat commands in the United States Department of Defense. It's responsible for, it's responsible for providing contingency planning, operations, and security cooperation for Central and South America. The Caribbean also, their territorial waters and for the force protection of U.S. military resources in these locations. U.S. Southcom is also responsible for ensuring the defense of the Panama Canal and the canal area. So this is one of the top intelligence agencies in the country that I have, uh, let's just say, done some work for at different times. But it's important that the people that I talk to are some of the most intelligent intelligence operators in this country. They know what's going on. A couple of months ago, been at least two months ago, we had some uh, border uh, fence setters. And so these guys are sitting on the fence and because the question came up, have we reached a point of no return in this country? Mm. But putting it back to the way it was supposed to have been uh, operational. And the answer is now those fence sitters are saying that we've reached a point of no return. Wow. Now, mm. when you reach the point of no return and things are so bad and so infested, sometimes you have to burn it down and start all over. And that goes back to an experience I had as a child with the Amish community. Uh, I, I, was doing, I was trading some grain for some hay with the Amish and they set their barn on fire. And I asked him, well, I said, what, what, why are you burning down your barn? He says, it's so infested with parasites that sometimes you have to burn it down and start all over. Mm. And unfortunately, some of the best intelligence minds in the world are telling me we reached a point of no return. So, i.e. fire, i.e. civil war. So, uh, and we'll segue back into uh, my re resolution for St. Louis City. Uh, again, I'm going to do my Mark Levin impersonation here. And because I made so many notes over the last 24 hours, some of this. St. Louis is city is a failed community. Everyone asks why and how do we fix it? When a community continues to elect officials put before them based on race and based on what's, what's fashionable, Barack Obama was elected because it was fashionable. He had no experience whatsoever, but it was fashionable to elect a black man as president, even though he's nothing more than a closet Muslim and a Marxist. Mm. 
He started this ball rolling during his administration. He started that dangerous snowball going down the hill, gathering, gathering material. They were stagnated for a while because of an election call of a man named Donald Trump who stopped all that and reversed it. They have done everything they can to reverse all the good that Donald Trump has done for this country. What qualified person, intelligent person, would want to be a part of St. Louis City's administration? You, you get what you pay for. We continue to, continue to elect officials who are incompetent because it's fashionable or because of race. And this is what we end up with. Specialists will tell you it takes three generations to change an ideology. St. Louis's city crime and corruption has become an ideology. It'll take 30 years to reverse the problems in St. Louis City if they started today. Crime is acceptable behavior in St. Louis City. When this nightmare of crime started in St. Louis City, and it's been going on for years, but now it's, it's out of control. When we allow a city prosecutor to taint evidence, withhold evidence, and is caught in a criminal act, and we expect them to go back to the regular job to do that again, what's wrong with us? Why is this city prosecutor not in jail for what she did? No, she chose city prosecutor. That's insane. This is insane. We continue, continue the problem in St. Louis City by, by doing these things. Oh, yeah. Defund the police. That's a great idea. Great idea. BLM, Antifa, all these things are feeding the defund the police. Here's what's going on psychologically in this country. The people who are anti-police are developing a criteria and a belief that police officers stop and hurt or kill innocent people. And that is total crap. If you don't want to get your ass whipped by the police, don't commit a crime. Don't run from the police. Don't shoot at the police. Don't ram the police cars with your car. Don't break the law. I think, and it's, it's terrible what happened down in Memphis, okay? Those police officers obviously got carried away. Did they go to kill him? No. Did they give him an ass whipping? Yeah, and he died from that. And that's too bad. I am for more ass whipping, not killing, but sending a message to the community, hey, don't break the law. Chris Rock does a great uh, stand-up about how not to get your ass whipped by the police. You should look that up on YouTube, Chris Rock. I've seen it. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. And it's, phenomenal. I, you know, and it's spot on. Is, it, it, it's true. It, it's a sad thing. It's true. Okay, defend the police. Further proof of the ideology in St. Louis City is the source-backed prosecutor, like we talked about. Okay? She got caught in a criminal conspiracy as she gets her job back. So, now, the black community is getting a bad rap. Now, 
all they do is tell you FBI puts out statistics that 65% of the violent crime in this country are committed by black people. That is not true. It's the 2% of that community, 2%. Now this is a, this is a population of 14% of the population in the United States who commit 65% of the violent crimes in this country. Now, that's not true. It's 2% of the 14% that cause all the problems. They're the ones getting their asses whipped and they should 2%. So everybody blames the black community. It's not the black community. It's 2% of the black community. 98% of the black community are decent, decent Americans and patriots. Believe me. I have so many black friends. We talk about this. It's just, it's just horrible. It's not the black community. It's the 2% of that community. So that being said, uh, did anybody see anything about Memphis is going to, is going to try to install metal detectors in schools, in grade schools to detect if a kid's carrying a gun. Not surprising. In grade school. In grade school. There's you your I didn't see that. I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised. Eric Scott, have you guys heard that? In grade schools. No. Grade schools. High schools and grade schools. Excuse me. Does Is that an indicator? Let me give you another indicator of what's going on. When I was working the streets and we would go to a crime scene of a shooting, we'd have to scrounge to find one or two shell casings. One or two shell casings. Now it's common to go to a crime scene of a shooting and there'll be over 50 shell casings found. Over 50. I read in one report there was 120. That's the mentality, the ideology of that 2%, not the 14%. Uh, Biden, defund the police. He would have you believe, and is going along with them, I'm telling you, this is, this is what's coming, that police officers stop people to hurt them. No, they don't. They're doing their job. I think that incident in Memphis was a sign of the frustration by the police officers. They were tired of this guy. They were tired, and so he got an ass whipping, and unfortunately, he died. I think that's part of the police frustration of what's going on here. We talked about the graduation, graduating of 13 police cadets from the police academy, 13. Isn't that sad? Should have been 30 at least. Can't get any applications. Well, let's lower the standards. You know how many times they've lowered the standards in St. Louis City? Yeah, Joe's talking about St. Louis City officers, a class it's of 13. Continuous. It's continuous. So you get what you pay for. Now, who wants to be a police officer? I recently was it was it walked into a restaurant and saw a former high police official from St. Louis County who's now retired. And I whispered in his ear, I go, how'd you like to be in the police academy right now? And he goes, no effing way. No way. And that's a 35 year veteran police officer. He goes, there is no way in hell that I would even consider being a police officer in today's world. Never consider it. Okay. George Floyd, who they now made a, a monument to somewhere. I don't know. George Floyd was a career criminal. Michael Brown was on his way to being a career criminal. They don't stop these people and harass them because they're doing nothing. And accidents happen. An overzealous police officer kills George Floyd. I watched the video a dozen times. That was really stupid. That was totally unnecessary. 
Why was George Floyd there? Why was he on the ground? Because he's a criminal, period. And now they want to make him a hero. Really? Really? <clears throat> then you got people like uh, Al Sharpton. Now, when a, when a particular group decides that Al Sharpton speaks for them, what the hell does that tell you? This guy's a maniac. He's a racist. If, if, if we owed as many taxes as he owes the government, we'd be in prison. Millions. They don't do anything to him. Yeah. No, no, he, he's, this, if, if, if he's the front for the black community, the black community is in big trouble. Careful how you pick your friends. Al Sharpton is not a friend to the black community. He's a parasite. So, Joe Biden, what's going on in this country is not Joe Biden's fault. Months ago, I said, you watch them throw Joe Biden under the bus, and they have. Joe Biden is the worst president in American history. We thought Jimmy Carter was bad. Huh. He makes Jimmy Carter look like Abraham Lincoln. I've been saying it. <laughs> worst in history. He is nothing more than cannon fodder for the globalists. They don't care about him. They threw him, they threw him, they threw Joe Biden under the bus months ago with his policies. Those aren't Joe Biden's policies. Those are the globalist policies to destroy this country, break it down. Break he's, it down. he's just a puppet. He's just a puppet. He, everybody thinks it's Joe Biden's fault. He's he's not smart enough to do these things. Well, but Joe, with it's all just, but with all of these things, then how do you solve the crime? Well, I'm gonna solve that here in a minute, okay? Again, tongue-in-cheek, we're just going to have fun, okay? No, we actually need some serious uh, solving after, going on. After I solve the problem with St. Louis City, here, here's the problem with St. Louis City. If St. Louis City would keep St. Louis City crime in St. Louis City, I don't have a problem with that. They, they want to kill each other, go ahead. I'm not going to get in their way. But the problem with St. Louis City is the crime element has now manifested itself and is moving into St. Louis County. And by the time it gets a hold of us, it's going to be too late. Yeah, that's true. So let's have some fun. I, in one of my two o'clock pacing episodes on the front porch, decided I know how to solve the problem. Now, this is about protecting St. Louis County from St. Louis City crime. Now, just go with me here. Here we go. And I'm going to show you how we're going to pay for it. All right. So it starts out that... Uh, first of all, we need to build a wall. We need to wall off St. Louis City. We need to, we need to wall it off, build a wall, and keep the problem in St. Louis City. Then, as we pick up these miscreants in St. Louis County that commit crimes, we simply deport them to St. Louis City. Now, people say, that's crazy. No, this is the answer. Now, to build a wall around St. Louis City and keep the crime there, and, and anytime you get in trouble in St. Louis County, we're just going to deport your ass to St. Louis City. That's going to get expensive. Really expensive. So here's what we do. We sell this plan to Hollywood. People love a trilogy. They, they do. So we build a wall around St. Louis City. Of course, we've got to man the wall. We keep the crime there, deport all the knuckleheads from St. Louis County into St. Louis City. Let the crime st stay there. Let them make a, a prison community, okay, if you will, all right? Now, then, here's the scenario to the movie. 
Sam Page gets on a helicopter and is flying to Scott Air Force Base for a meeting. Unfortunately, the chopper goes down with mechanical problems and he's captured by the citizens of St. Louis City and being held hostage. The mayor has changed her title from mayor to duchess, just like a female duke, right? She's a duchess now. So we've got to get Sam Page out of St. Louis City. We have to rescue Sam Page. Why? How do we do that? <laughs> Let's yeah, leave why? him That's there. Yeah, right. Never right. Yeah, we have to, just leave him there. Anyway, so we got to rescue Sam Page. Now, this is about a, a scenario for a movie. This is how we're going to pay for the wall. So what happens? we got to send in a specialist. We contact Kurt Russell, a.k.a. I've, Snake Plickin. I've Plickin. seen this movie before. It's a trilogy. They've got <laughs> escape from New York. They've got escape from LA. Yeah. Hell, we got escape from St. Louis. It's a it's a walk and winner. And it's yeah. a real we'll life story. Off the movie. So we send in Kurt Russell to rescue Sam Page. That's the movie. And of course, and of course he does. Again, we're just having fun with this because it's so ridiculous in St. Louis City. You got to make a joke out of it. Yeah. And that's my joke for the moment. So what, okay. So you talk about, you talk I think about, it's a great idea. I, it's a good idea, <laughs> but it's, it's also, it's so depressing. St. Louis is now, I, I get, you know, I, I woke up this morning and I see that they're trying to throw money at the new convention center down there. And $30 million. And they're trying to do they're this. They're $100 million over budget. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's stupid. But um, it's, mm. you said something before, like, we're, we're, we're too late. When you say that, what does that mean? That, that we should just, all be looking for new property somewhere else at this point, or it, what do you mean by it's too late? They, they won't correct the problem. They won't. Uh, corruption and crime is a way of life in St. Louis City, and they they manage that crime and corruption. I mean, look at all the people that just got indicted for taking bribes. They caught those. How many did they didn't they catch? St. Louis City is a failed community and face what makes the liberals right, like let me ask you this I, what I'm, what makes the just joking having fun with no i know problem, i know okay? what makes liberals like what's going on what makes a a uh tashara or a Lori lightfoot or uh whoever in whatever city what makes liberal leadership like catch and release policies when it could be in their backyard at any moment what i don't even understand that well we'll get into it ask eric adams mayor of new york they're just incompetent. Is that it? When you elect incompetent people, what do you expect? And they continuously do it. There's your answer right there. Incompetency. Hey, hey Joe, I want to I want to circle back to uh, Southcom. You were talking about Southcom. I follow Southcom pretty closely, and I hope that later on this morning we can get to this on the show. But we're seeing a change in illegal immigration, or I shouldn't say immigration, illegal entry. Because, you know, now we're having people, we're having Haitians and Cubans coming over by the thousands every single week. And that's not something we have seen so much of in the past. It was so severe that last week they actually closed the Tortuga Islands out in the Florida Keys. Now we're hearing that we're having illegal migrants crossing from Canada on the northern border. Mm. And that's not something you hear a lot of either. I want... I'm an expert on the Canadian border. I have friends working up with Border Patrol. There is no fence on the northern border. Correct. Most people don't know that. It's called the ditch. It's actually a ditch that marks where our boundaries are. There's nothing. 
and they in thank God no we got the RC we got the RCMP up there working in conjunction with our border patrol, but we're understaffed up there because they relocated them down to El Paso to change diapers. Mm. So they're undermanned on the northern border. And and here's what's really strange: most of the people coming across the northern border are, are what they're they're called Eastern Asian. Yes. Eastern Asian, and that's a, and that's a big group of uh, different ethnic groups like you know Afghanistan's uh, Indians, and India Indians, and so that seems to be the the primary crossing point for East Indians. You might want to look that up because it's it's several countries, uh, Afghanistan and different Pakistan coming across the northern border. But there's a ditch. That's all. But RCMP is actually working way beyond their boundaries to, uh, in fact, the RCMP will catch illegals, turn them over to Border Patrol, and people say, why would they do that? Because Canada will not deport them, whereas we at least try and deport the bad guys, try to, or we were during Trump. But that's why the RCMP turns them over to our Border Patrol. So they're, they're working really good together. In RCMP, I know these characters. I worked with them when I was with NATO, and they are nobody to screw with. I mean, these are badass police officers. Do you think so? That, do you think? Oh, that- hey, let me let me tell you something else. We're approaching the 30 million mark for illegal aliens in this country. Now, to put that in perspective, understand, there's only one state in this country that's got more than 30 million population, and that'd be California. The second most populated state is Texas, 29 million. So now we have in this country, or we're approaching it, 30 million. We will have more illegal aliens than every populated state in the United States except California. How about that? It's unbelievable. We were talking about this Friday. Do you think that our senators and our congressmen know what's going on? Or is it just in the executive branch with a very small amount of people? Well, hey, I know what's going on. and I'm not even a politician, nor would I ever be a politician. There had been some chat about me running for office, and I, that, I squashed that real fast. No, I'm too honest. I, I could never be a politician. So 30 million. More than any state except California's population. Can you imagine that? And what, uh-huh. so, now, so Joe, why, why are they doing that? For the are, same reason, we're we're no longer energy uh, self reliant. Okay, it's just part of the plan. It's By all, all the these plan. people from all, from 160 different countries coming into this country, it's nothing more than to dilute our culture and make it more controllable. And these people are going to get the vote. They're going to get the vote. Do not. Be surprised if they don't pass an amnesty for 7 million of those people, which tells the other people, you might as well come on up. Nobody's going to stop you. I told you before, you know, when I left the, uh, with Border Patrol out there in my last year, we were down to 400 apprehensions in my sector. We had the largest sector in the Border Patrol. We had 21,000 agents. Hey, Joe. Last month, they did over 7,000. They did over 7,000 in my sector in one month. And that's... Wow. And that's not counting the getaways, hundreds of thousands of getaways. You can only, you know, if you've got a group of 14 or 15 people coming across and Border Patrol has to intercept, you know how many agents it takes to process those people and intercept them, so, which means they're off, they're out of commission and the rest of them keep on coming. 30 million people who we don't know who they are and they are in this country. So get ready 
the Trojan horse has opened up its belly. Here the trouble comes. Joe, before we, we see it right here, right here in Franklin County, it's already started. Joe, before we let you go, right now you said you wanted to talk a little bit about the Franklin uh, shelter. Uh, go ahead, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, they just, they just passed a bill to approve the permit for a homeless shelter here in uh, in Franklin County. Well, the problem with this is, first of all, the developer also owns the property, so it's a win-win situation for him. They've already been appropriated five hundred sixty-five thousand dollars in, in uh, from different charities to function. Here's the problem: I happen to be an expert on shelters, amongst everything else. They put this shelter going in place on a main highway 50 feet off the highway. Now, I warned them, and this shelter is going to specialize in sheltering women and children from a violent uh, home environment until they can get their act together, go through divorce, whatever. They're going to specialize in sheltering endangered people in in a household. Okay. I said, well, you know, you're 50 feet off the highway. What's to stop a pissed off husband that thinks and drunk and has nothing to live for coming by and doing it? I said, are you putting bulletproof glass in those windows? Oh, no, that's too expensive. Really? What's the life worth? So lo and behold, a week ago, disgruntled family breaking up due for a hearing for divorce, January the 30th, and the wife can't take it anymore. She's abused. She leaves, checks into a hotel. The husband finds her car, stakes it out. She comes out and shoots her in the face. And then shoots her twice more when she, when she collapsed in the car. Exactly what I told them. Now, do you think a homeless shelter sheltering endangered women 50 feet off the highway is going to stop some crazy X to B from shooting the place up? And it's already happened. I, I, I told him, I said, you can't do this. You can't do this. You do not put a homeless shelter on a main road where people can get at it. Oh, and also this homeless shelter they're building, there's no sidewalks. It's on a main highway. So where are they going to go? They're going to stay in the shelter all day? No. So it, it's crazy. These are the kind of policies that politicians who don't give a damn or are, are on the take pass. And this, this homeless shelter they're putting in is just asking for trouble. Okay, I'm going to close off. But I got a few points, I want a few statements I want to give you and your listeners to think about. And these are my opinion. And my opinion comes from some of the best minds in the intelligence industry. First of all, we need to nuke Iran. We need to turn Iran into a parking lot. And that's all I'm going to say. We need to let the Israelis wipe out the Palestinians and get it over with. This thing, dragging this thing out is just... The only reason they haven't done already is because the United States interferes. Wipe them out. We need a retaliatory strike on the Taliban for killing my 13 Marines. Since when does a a country or or a group murder our soldiers, murder them, and get away with it? I'm not saying start a war in Afghanistan. That that ship sailed. You know, we started the Taliban. Jimmy Carter started the Taliban. I'm saying payback is a mother. If they want somebody to push the button, I'll be happy to do it. We need a retaliatory strike on the Taliban to pay them back for killing my Marines. Immediately, no matter what it takes, we need to have China stop producing fentanyl 
and giving it to the drug cartels to poison our community and kill our citizens. Stop it. The, 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 the kilos of, of fentanyl that we seized in the desert still had the Chinese stamp on them from the Chinese company. What does that tell you? We allow this to happen. We allow a country that we trade with, even though they're communists, to poison our citizens, and we do nothing. That's insane. Stop now. You know how you negotiate with somebody? The only true negotiation is you put a gun to their head and say, listen, the next click you're going to hear is, is the end of your life. Stop it. Stop producing fentanyl and working with the drug cartels. China. Did you have another point, Joe? Yep. <laughs> Islam is not a religion. It's an ideology. And we've got to keep stop thinking about Islam as a religion. It's it, the Quran is nothing but a, a field manual for hate. And that's all I got for today. Joe, you went on for 33 minutes. We let you talk the whole time. We appreciate it. People love you. People get confused by some things you say. But at the end of the day, man, we know that you love this country. We know that you're a patriot. And, of course, people can catch you at the Washington Guard as well. If they want to become members, they can just look up the Washington Guard. Tabitha, what is that website? Washington Guard 9, the number 9, at gmail.com. Joe, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful birthday week. Talk to you later, Big Joe. Thank you. See you next week. Boy, Joe's been ready for that. He had a lot to say. I hope we can get into he some a, of it at, well, later he, on in the he, show. He had notes. Well, what do you want to jump in on it? Well, particularly immigration, you know, or I, I keep calling it immigration because we need immigration reform. You, what's happening right now, we, it, it's part of part of the reason why this is happening is because we make it too difficult for the good people who truly need to come to the United States to get in. It costs too much money. There's too much red tape. And we need to simplify the process for the people who truly need to be here. We need to vet. Every single person that crosses our border that comes into this country, that's not happening. Now, all of a sudden, not only are we seeing these, you know, 200, 300,000 people coming across our southern border illegally, now we have thousands of people crossing over the Gulf in Florida, coming into the Keys, coming into Miami, and they're warning us, they being the government, they're telling us that, hey, be prepared because we're going to see an influx of potentially 10,000 people a month coming over from Cuba and coming over from Haiti, Haitians and Cubans. Are we prepared for that? Yeah, and don't think it can happen because we have now seen anything can happen in this country, that's for sure. Is that rhetorical? Yeah. It, we're not prepared for any of any of this stuff. Um, well, and, and, what I, and, and Eric, think about this. We let all these folks come across our southern border, coming in from every country on the planet, unchecked, unvetted, come on in, let's give you a bus ticket and set you up in a hotel, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yet, if you're coming from Cuba or you're coming over from Haiti, guess what? We're going to deport you. You guys are discussing this like it's not a thought out. Like, they're they're legitimately trying to destroy the place. Yeah, that's you, why you, Joe calls it you a guys, Trojan horse. You guys are discussing this like it's just some weird policy that's kind of screwing up the border and the immigration system. No, this is a system where... Your 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 largest over the border months were like twenty thousand people, and now they're two hundred thousand people. Well, it it used to be two hundred and fifty thousand under Obama, 
But Trump reduced that numbers by 92 percent. Mm-hmm. So now we're back seeing it at Obama era migrant crossings. These numbers aren't unusual. Eric. I would say this. We whenever whenever you it. figure out one part of the puzzle, just keep it on the board. The border is being overrun on purpose so they can shift the demographic outlay of the country. Just put that one on the board. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's never going to get fixed while this guy's in office. Biden is, like Colonel Joe just said, he is compromised in so many different ways. He's got the Elon Omars. He's got the AOCs. He's got the extreme left saying, Joe, here's the deal. You don't touch the border. You don't talk about the border. You don't go to the border. We'll just leave it at that. Well, if national media and national publications and national shows talked about it, focused on it more, and actually broke it down like we do on Cancel This, most American citizens, I agree and do believe, would jump on this like we are right here. They would actually care. They would actually want to do something about it and force leaders to try and do something about the problem. But right now, we're not seeing that. And because of that, we have the problem that we have. It's not going anywhere until maybe some of these situations. I was talking with Scott, you, Tabitha about this. Um, There's a hotel in New York City. And Lizzie, the hotel in New York City is called the Watson. Guess what? They've been overrun by illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, men, single men, who are refusing to leave, stealing all the alcohol, causing problems for workers, even being offered by the mayor places to stay, nice buses, showers, checks, three meals a day, and they're refusing to leave the Watson. You can't make this stuff up. Until the stuff starts hitting you and your family on a daily basis, I'm not so sure Americans are going to say anything. But if it starts to affect your comfortable life on a daily basis, your physical well-being, your health, maybe that's what it's going to well, take. Colonel Joe was right about one thing. It's like if if St. Louis wants to de- destroy themselves, they voted for it. Fine, let them destroy themselves. We won't go there anymore, and you guys can keep the joint. The problem is, like he said, it's moving this way, and we need to be able you know, we have we unfortunately St. Charles has this guy named Lomar in a very in a very good police department out here. Um, it's not going to make a difference. I mean, people in Keokuk, Iowa, they watch the 250,000 people coming over. It hasn't affected their community yet. Des Moines, Iowa, it hasn't affected their community yet. But when people start to take jobs of blue-collar workers that don't look like them, that are making dozens of dollars an hour less than they are, that's when it will start to hurt. Look at Eric Adams. This is a this is another I had hope for him too as a New York City this, mayor and he's turned guy, out to be nothing but a soft joke as a mayor. So oh, come on. They he's wouldn't have elected him but, if he was going to do anything. But that, yeah, but he, but but he that said to be said. Like, but he said different things. But that to be said, he did get on a plane and go to Texas because he's getting nailed right now. He doesn't want this stuff going Mm-mm. on. He wants to smoke pot in the in the in the bar system down there. He wants to party. He wants to, you know, look like he's a BLM advocate, which he's not. He's an old, I mean, the thing about it is, is it's coming to say, uh, to um, New York City, and he's not going to be able to fix this. He's screwed. You have got to be, when you're a pilot and you see you're go- flying towards a mountain, you better pull up or you better turn. He didn't pull up, and that city's done. Well, those people left that hotel. I don't know if you saw the update. Nope. They left the hotel, but then they, they went somewhere in the same area, and they took over another hotel. So now they're in a second well, hotel. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a virus. <laughs> It's a disease. It eats up one spot that's healthy, 
and functioning and then moves to the next. It's like a disease in the body. And money isn't finite. Here's the other thing in these cities. Money, it sounds so cool to have your mayor go, yes, we want. We invite you to come to, to New York or to San Francisco. <laughs> we invite you. Six months into it, it's a house guest that won't leave. But, and but, you're still yes. paying for it. You're paying for it with ramen noodles and and uh, what. And now it's going to be cultural food. They're going to have to make all of this Latino food, Latinx food, that's going to please them. It becomes ridiculous on the surface really quick. But no, these cities Eric, won't be able to is, afford it. This is all about voting. Let's just get yeah, straight to the heart of it. It's on the board. This Don't is, even have to talk about it This anymore. is all about voting. And people want to say, well, it can't be about voting because illegals can't vote in the United States. Well, that's not true. We have a loophole. Look it up. Look up the federal ballot loophole. You can go online and you can look that up. You do not have to be a United States citizen to cast a federal-only ballot in a federal presidential election. Now we see different municipalities. In Maine. Yeah, Last week, that's Maine. right. Coming forward, saying, you know what, we are going to allow non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. It is anti-constitutional, unconstitutional, but yet it's going to happen. Well, the Eric, new normal, that, that came out last week. I know, I, I saw that. The new normal in this country is that the citizens, the guys that used to work at GM and and the blue collars, and even some of the white collars now are just. This is the new normal. You just get bitch slapped in the face. Just take it. Sit there and take it. And don't say anything. You know what? You'll get canceled. If I'm you say something, you'll jobs. get canceled. You know, most of these people that come over here, they do the jobs Americans don't want to do. I'm not talking about the I'm jobs. I'm not worried do you, about, about them here's taking what I'm worried about. Job. Here's what I'm worried about is you have to pay for it. The, the country's already going bankrupt. But you we, don't have. No, we already are bankrupt. You don't have any ability to pay for their kids' education. You don't have any ability to pay for their housing. You don't have any ability to to basically put an entire infrastructure for illegal aliens. That's why you need legal immigration. Really, it's that simple. Well, we need Because you legal, can't afford yes. it. You cannot afford it. But we need to stop giving these people everything free. Because when we have veterans sleeping on, on our streets, we have drug addicts who need drug treatment. Mm -hmm. We have women and children sleeping. You know, there was a woman and two children. Did you hear this story over the weekend? No. That froze to death. I can't remember what state that was in. But a woman and I, it was two children that froze to death. One of the children lived homeless, living in a field, and they died. And this, it's wrong that we're allowing these people to come into our country, putting them up at these exclusive hotels with mini bars, and we have women and children dying on our Wait, streets. Why, why is I don't Tabitha? It is so obvious it's wrong to do that. It's 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 like there's some things on this show I don't even want to talk about. It's like duh. Yeah. You're, you're gonna. You're, it's like duh. Well, I mean, it's like it's like forty thousand illegals go to New York. Let's put them up in a five star well, with steak dinners. And I mean, but here's the thing: I mean, it, what, it always really? gets down to that slippery slope. When you give a little, people seem to take a lot. And you're not going to want to miss, miss our interview coming up at nine o'clock with Patrick Ishmael. He's the director of governmental accountability for the Show Me State Institute. Just wait till you hear what people are. Diving into the Columbia, I got an idea. Columbia, Missouri public school system when it comes to CRT and what's actually being taught but not being told to the parents. This group studies this specific subject. They are an expert on it. It'll mm. blow your mind. And it all gets back to, hey, you give a little. Hey, this is going to be all right. Our heart is in the right spot. And then, boom, before you know, somebody's stabbing you in the back and slitting your throat. I have an idea. And I've always thought about this. I thought about this with healthcare even years and years and years ago. But with the, I think the United States needs a United States. If you're going to do this, if you're going to let 200,000 people come across the borders, you need an immigration 
community center where they're taken to. You want to come here? You will go to this place. It will. It might be very large. You don't leave this place until you get your court date. You get your court date, and they say, "Wow, you have been persecuted in your." Oh my god! It started like, that way, Eric. That's exactly that, that was what how we were it was. doing. <laughs> That's exactly what we were doing. But you know what? There's no more beds at, at these I, places. Where was, where was this <laughs> place at? It's called the, the country. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about a tent that's right no, over the border. No, it's not a tent. They're, I'm talking about a place Clinton where there's... Clinton built these facilities. Bill Clinton built the Clintons built these facilities. And what they did is... It, go back and look at the Flores settlement. What happened is they built these facilities. They took old jails and they made them into not detention centers, but holding facilities for illegals that crossed over the border. And what they did is they had thousands of beds for individuals, but they only had like three to 5,000 beds for families. And so what was happening is people were crossing the border in such high numbers that there was no room left at these facilities to put them. And then what happened is they started giving the overflow ankle bracelets and letting them out into society with a asylum court hearing. Well, what all these people did was they cut off the ankle bracelets. So then mm -hmm. we lost millions of dollars and lost ankle bracelets. Well, then we got the bright idea where the ACLU sued the Obama administration and said, you can't keep children in these old jail facilities, it's traumatizing to the children. So then they started separating the families. That's when they started separating families, the children from the adults, Bingo. because of the Flores settlement. And from there, Trump finally got things under control. But, you know, 92% down. That's where we got the kids in cages, or so they said, even though that happened over under Obama first, was in these detention facilities. But now, with the Biden administration, they're like, forget all that. We don't need to hold anyone at these facilities we're just going to let everyone go. No, so, Eric, those facilities are there. We're just not using them anymore. No, we know what's going on. Again, put the check on the board. They're trying to shift the demographics of the country, period. Of course we, they are. All right, we don't even have to talk about it anymore. We get it. The problem is, is these blue cities are going to be suffering pretty dramatic <laughs> problems for the next decade But the or opposite so. of that. Well, that's <laughs> true. But, Eric, you know what? Watch. Whenever these folks come across the southern border, they're not sending them to New York. The people who are sending them to New York is Abbott or DeSantis. These people are sending them here to uh, West County, to, to St. Louis, Missouri, to Columbia, Missouri, to, to farming towns, to Franklin County, Missouri. Sullivan, Joe says, they're being sent to Chattanooga, Tennessee right now. They're sending him into red states, red cities because they want to eventually overturn those votes hmm. they're coming to your town it's a lovely topic of it, a nice Tuesday no morning, it really it? is but, nice but these are the topics people want to talk about once again you won't want to miss patrick ishmael coming up at nine o'clock uh, from the show me state institute uh, i knew and we know a little bit about crt but this is going to open your mind like never before and what's happening in columbia missouri of all places and you know that means it's happening all around the country. But these are the topics we discuss on Cancel This because you need to be educated and at least have a conversation. And you know we're doing things right when Roseanne Barr has a new series coming out, TV series, and guess what the name of it is? What? Cancel This. I, 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 checked, really? I checked in to see, did I have a trademark for that? It's like, no, you just have the domain. Wait a minute. Did she really? There's a new mm -hmm. show. I got to look that up. It's called Roseanne Barr, Cancel This. I'm telling you, we always try to be ahead of the game and jump on and do what we can. So, yeah. That is out there right now. And, um, and it's a comedy tour, correct? Not a show. Or I, it's it a tour. A show? I thought it was, it said show, so I assumed it I was. I think it's a comedy tour from what I understand. It would make sense, wouldn't it? It would. And she should know because she was canceled. Yeah, she was one of the people. So, Eric, when you, uh, I know you're looking it up right now, but it is interesting when you It'll see. Bring, bring publicity to the show. I, I hope so. Well, yeah, and because people, so. people will be people looking will at cancel, cancel this. this. 
So, I mean, yeah, and heck, and then you look at people, well, we want, we everybody needs to come in and we need to build these shelters wherever. Guess who is against this now? The guy who is the fifth highest paid athlete in the world, Stephen Curry, Golden State Warriors, one of the best basketball players of all time. Guess what? He and his wife are now fighting a homeless shelter that was supposed to be built right next to his house. Oh, Stefan, where you at, buddy? I like Steph. See, but he likes to talk a big game. He's a big Biden supporter. He's an ultra-liberal Democrat, and he's allowed to be that way. But if you're going to stand for something, then go stand for it until it shows up in your yard, and you're like, oh, I want to change my attitude now. I have lost any respect I had for Curry on this issue. He needs to be called out. He's fake. He's weak. And he's selfish. End of story. Yeah, I agreed with that. Look up the story. Stephen Curry now fighting it because, oh, well, well now I want to change my policy on where we're doing uh, homeless shelters, where we're building them, because, yeah, it's going to affect my lifestyle now. I agree. Hmm. Well, it's the same with any community. Like, uh, I can speak for Wentzville. They're overbuilding in Wentzville. They're yeah, overbuilding Wentzville in the St. Louis Charles. area. They're overbuilding everywhere right now, and it's... You know, it, it's, it seems to me like it's up to community members who live in certain places to say, no, enough. you got to stop this. You, I don't want, we don't want our property values coming down because you want to bring everybody over here. But, you know, what's your option? You just have to be ready to move on a moment's notice. And that's, that's kind of where I see your Tabitha's little revolution going, is people just get really good at picking up and leaving and going places that they don't want to be. Well, it's going to happen, Eric. To you're talking about Wentzville being over overbuilt. That's happening all across all the country, especially right here in Missouri. And you know what's going to happen? Unfortunately, and I hope we can talk to Kathy about this tomorrow. Is now a lot of the big banks are saying, "Well, guess what? We're getting ready to have a lot of customers default on their home mortgages." Really? So what, what's going to happen <laughs> to all of these homes when that happened? Because once well, again, I saw we're hitting something. that housing bubble. So check this out. And, and it, just to shift gears real fast to Kathy's segment tomorrow, I got to know, because I'm, you know, I'm searching around in the St. Louis community. I'm always looking for housing and, and this. St. And, Charles, how in the hell? Okay, prices have gone through the roof. A house, a house that maybe two, was $250,000 two or three, four years ago is now Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's yes, fine. Yes, it is. Then you not go to, for long. Then you go to yeah, look. Not for long. <laughs> then you go to say, well, how much is this going to be a month? The mortgage on these houses is like forty five hundred dollars a month. I got to know what citizen of the St. Louis area can afford a forty five hundred dollar a month mortgage. For a house that we're really gonna, is almost dilapidated. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. How and, is that and possible? By, and Kathy, by the way, is Kathy Helbig with Experience Kathy Realty. Helbig Strick. I can't wait to talk to Kathy because I am I'm not kidding you. I have been reading all these statements from these big banks saying the bubble is about to burst. What bubble? All these people. See, the there's, no even, there's no people, inventory. People are, well, that's true, but there's getting ready to be a lot. And what's going to happen to these folks who default on their mortgage? Yeah, what I can't are they wait to talk to about do? it tomorrow. It's going to be, uh, that's the what? craziest thing b- between this Sky high interest, which isn't even sky high comparatively historically, but it is for what we've been through in the last couple of decades. And the prices that these people are trying to sell. I saw. Never mind. It's you know tomorrow. What? We'll talk about it tomorrow. You know what? I, I digress. But I had to get into something anyway, and I didn't think I'd have to deal, deal with this. But here we are in the situation. Speaking of canceling, um, there's somebody that's still trying to cancel me. And trying to cancel this show. And it's unfortunate because 
We've had a lot of success on this show, and we continue to have success, and we thank all the sponsors. But sometimes in life, you have to deal with certain things, and people are asking me about it, so we'll address it. And I talk to my attorney about what we can and can't say. Here's the deal. (laughs) A certain somebody, um, as you saw, was, quote, suing me for defamation regarding the incident that occurred a while back. With that being said, um, I can attest, as my attorney, Travis Noble, said, everything is meritless. It is false. It is a flat-out lie. So with that being said, we put that out there for you. I was also told I could say this. My attorney and I received a letter a couple weeks back stating that if Cancel This made a public apology for, quote, saying that a certain person did not cost me my job, they wanted me to say that on air. I never said that a person cost me my job with Fox 2, ever. I never mentioned the person's name, and I will never mention the person's name. With that being said, if we made a, quote, public apology for saying that this person set me up, which I never said, that is a, that's a flat-out lie, um, and remove the episode about what happened with the incident, my side of the story, then I would not be, quote, sued. Is that extortion? Well, we're going to get into all of that. So we said, no, we're not dealing with that. Number one, I never did what I was accused of doing. Number two, I'm not making a public apology for something that I did not do. Um, I've moved on. I've never wished anybody harm in the entire situation at all. I've only spoke, spoke positive publicly that I'm moving on and what's done is done. So a lawsuit was filed. And then now a new claim stating that I was doing something in the incident, which is 100% false. And as my attorney says, he can prove 100%. So that's where we are with that whole situation. In the end, it's only going to help the show. But in the short term, you have to deal with some of these things. And it's one of those things you don't want to have to deal with. It's tough enough to start a business and start your life over. I apologized. And on this show, I said um, I had apologized three times. And was moving on, and that's the game. And I spoke on a couple things that did happen about me reporting said person to powers that be four times, including in writing, <laughs> before and it's never happened, wanting to take care of this, wanting to take care. And then eventually I made my mistake. And guess what? I moved on and we go forward. So I was basically told if you don't apologize for something that you didn't say, and delete an episode which had nothing wrong in it that I would be sued. And then a new false accusation came out in the suit as well to try to defame me, to try to hurt this show. So I didn't want to have to deal with this. That's all I can say right now. If this goes all the way, we will take it all the way and where we need to go. But anybody that knows me, knows this show, knows what we're about, listen to the episode, knows that I did nothing of what I was accused of doing. And then all of a sudden this being brought up four months later, that's where we are in this whole situation. Yeah. That's, a, uh, that's news to me. I don't, uh, this is really news to me right now. Um, why can't we all just get along? Yeah. My God, life happens. Well, Jeez. Yeah. there are people who will say things, um, why this is being done. I hear things privately that I will not talk about today as to why this is probably being said and being put out there. Hmm. Um, 
Yes, you guys are right. Um, you can read the chat line. You were very careful and respectful. Yes, I know I was. I've been transparent the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and it's all and it's all on audio because everything we say on the show, it's mm -hmm. still out there. None of our shows have been deleted. Every, they might be deleted on one platform or the other, but ultimately they're all there. So anything you've said is recorded. And it's also important to remind you that their quote would have been no whatever this suit is filed against hmm. me if we would have given a public apology for something we didn't say. Did you do that already? I, I, oh, no, I, a public apology for, quote, saying that this person set me up and that's why I lost my job. But we all know I never said that, and it's on audio, which you, I never said. You have never said that anyone set you up. I, I know. I that. I know, but just remember, this is... So if we would have agreed to the demand terms... There would have never been this filed lawsuit. This, so there are people who have their opinions about things. I'm still not giving my opinion from an emotional standpoint. Um, it is important to stand your ground when you know you're speaking truth. If you make a mistake, you apologize with certain things. And then after the fact, if you're accused of doing something which you did not do, that gets into integrity issues. So I, I did not want to have to deal with this, but... So many people, oh, I hope you say something. So that's exactly what I've been told by Travis Noble that I could say. Can I say something really quick? Absolutely. You guys can say whatever you want. I really hope you make it back to the BBC and Newsweek because that would just be, <laughs> no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Well, especially you, when you- Thank you, mystery person. Especially when um, you haven't done what you've been accused of doing. Yeah, You're world but, famous already. But this is, it's cancel this. Yeah, it's amazing too. I- I mean, I was a, a, a local news anchor for 24 years, and now when I go places, <laughs> I think I'm more recognized now than I ever was before, yeah. especially in the St. Louis area. Our very own Billy Bush. I just, I feel sorry for people, not her or whoever, but just people who just can't let things go. I just, I, I like, you know, I dig people. They're like, man, life happens, and you just kind of meander away. You go, ah, it's not worth my time. It's not worth me. You know, getting too riled up about it, because I I can't. My brain, my memory works so it's so horrible. I can't remember when I'm so pissed off like the day before. I was really mad yesterday, but I can't remember. I mean, just good leave, just just go on to have a nice life, and it's over. Jeez, but be, to be so happy is it's ridiculous. Well, this country is Sorry. entirely too litigious, and, and what a lot of people don't understand, you can sue someone for anything. I, Scotty over there being quiet in the corner, I could say- hey, I have the right to sue back. You do, you but do. But I'm not going to get into that. Anyone can sue anyone for anything. I could say At least that right Scott now. wouldn't let me out this door today and have zero basis in it, and that doesn't mean I can't sue him for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, headlines get news, and we know what the Post-Dispatch, I mean, they, they ran the article, and if something gets a lot of hits, they're going to want to continue to write stories. And make stories up about that because my son even asked me. He's like, "Dad, this isn't even a story." Because he sees it. He's like, and the only people they go after when you do stuff like that are kids. And the negative energy yeah. you got to go through just to file a lawsuit, and it's just negative garbage. Unless someone is smashed into your your garage with a, a F one fifty and they don't want to pay for it, <laughs> uh, that's a little different. But you know what I mean. When it, when this kind of stuff is just he said she said garbage. Yeah, well, it is. And as Donna says, guilty till proven innocent in this country. And 
that's where we are. So that's that. We will not talk about that because we have not talked about that since the episode where we discussed the entire story, of which I never said anybody cost me my job or that anybody set me up. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. You guys were asking. Uh, you asked us, hey, what's going on here? We talked to you about it, so we did that. Now, we get back to our topics, and this is one that is just fantastic when it comes to learning. And we talked with Patrick Ishmael. We talked about Patrick um, and what he is doing right now. So we'll bring Patrick into the show. Patrick Ishmael, the Director of Governmental Accountability at the Show Me State Institute. Um, he's now going to talk about the 1619 Project, something Tabitha's studied extensively, in Columbia Public Schools and what's actually happening. Because as we know, you give an inch, people take a mile. The slippery slope syndrome. Patrick, thanks for joining us for Cancel This at CancelThisShow.com. Um, what's happening in Columbia, Missouri these days that people need to know about? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, looking back to 2021, uh, we found out at the Show Me Institute that uh, the Columbia Public School District had been teaching the 1619 Project. And what the 1619 Project is, is kind of a historical uh, anthology that goes through the founding of the country and, and puts in a certain kind of perspective. Uh, it looks at uh, when slavery came to the country. It looks at you know the development of the country, Jim Crow, that that entire you know sordid history. And history is not obviously the issue. And I think we have to engage it full throatedly. But at the same time, the 1619 Project itself uh, kind of assumes and, and projects out this idea that uh, the United States was founded in. Uh, racism. It's founded in, on all sorts of inequity and oppression. And that's part of the story. But I think it's important for parents to know that content like that is in the classroom. And so when the Columbia Public School District received a grant to start teaching the 1619 Project, we posted that on our website. We made, made it uh, known. But later that summer, we found out that the Columbia Public School District wasn't really being straight with parents about what was actually being taught. And it's part of a, a broader, I think, uh, challenge right now, trying to get transparency from state and local government. Uh, and in particular, when it comes to education, you know, we sent out probably 6,000 Sunshine Law requests to school districts across the state, asking them what they were teaching kids. Mm -hmm. And you, I mean, you can imagine what we did and didn't get back. A lot of districts tried to avoid the question entirely. They tried to charge us hundreds of thousands of dollars to get curricular documents. Uh, but then you start looking at the, the underlying documents and, and for folks that say that, oh, 1619 Project isn't in the classroom or that critical race theory isn't in the classroom, that just isn't true. And, and not only that, when you start looking at teacher trainings in particular, you start to see something very notable, uh, at least in some of them and of the ones that we received. Uh, there's a, a charter school in St. Louis, for example, that teaches their teachers uh, that uh, we live in a cage of oppression in the United States, that uh, men oppress all other, uh, that men oppress women, that Christians oppress all other religions, that uh, whites oppress all other ethnic groups in the United States, and uh, that uh, there are minority groups that are uh, uh, collaborating with a majority, the majority group, which is, is white folks, uh, if they believe that merit is a way to get ahead in the United States. I think what you see in Colombia is, is a symptom of a larger problem of transparency and, frankly, honesty, and particularly in the context of, like, the last couple of weeks, the stories coming out of the Columbia Public School District about kids being taken to a, a, a drag show as part of a diversity event. 
I think that there needs to be a lot more attention being given to local government and local districts to ensure that they are being straight with the public, whether they're teaching the 1619 project, whether they're teaching critical race theory, or whether they're talking about things like drag shows or, or, or bringing kids to drag shows. Transparency is huge, and I think we're lacking it a lot uh, here here in the state of Missouri, and particularly in Columbia. Columbia yeah. is very. I work in Columbia quite often. They're mm-hmm. a very liberal area, and you know, Patrick, a lot of people don't realize the 1619 project. All that is, it's just them liberals rewriting history to suit a narrative that they want a new generation to follow. Wow. That's true. Yeah, I, I, and and it's kind of all over the place. It's not just in writing. I mean, originally it started off at the New York Times. That's where it really got big. But now it's a documentary on Hulu. They are putting out uh, grants, like I said, the same kind of grants that Columbia received uh, to uh, develop curriculum and to teach teachers about how to teach the 1619 Project. There are grants going out across the entire country trying to get this content uh, into classrooms everywhere. And, and it isn't that, you know, that we shouldn't be having debates about the subject matter. We absolutely need to have debates about the subject matter. But the question is whether or not parents should at least know that this is the characterization of the country. And then you start getting into like, you know, veracity questions, uh, which uh, if, if you ask a, you know, a wide ideological spectrum of, of historians, they, there are lots of historians that have gripes with the way in which 1619 uh, kind of narrative is is deployed. There are problems with the Hulu documentary, for instance. And so I think that at a bare minimum, you know, if, if when you have government money, you know, tax dollars are ultimately uh, dollars that have been taken from individuals and, and from companies, but they've been taken through force. That makes it different than if you have like a private school that decides to teach X, Y, or Z. If they want to use the 1619 Project as a guide, that's their prerogative. But if you're using public dollars, at a bare minimum, the public needs to know how that money is being spent. That yeah. means that if you're a city, you need to be publishing your spending records. You know that means if you're a- All I hear when I hear you talk is this is just another case for like the state of Ohio and just here's some money, send your kid to where you want to go to school. And I would say if I was a parent, I would say I'm sending my kid to somewhere where they teach calculus they teach the, the the art of writing English properly, even in cursive. They teach the art of um, science. And the 1619 thing, it is not going to be involved in the school that I choose. All I hear is that this is just, it's just uh, different degrees of garbage is what it is. CRT is a different degree of garbage. 1619 Project, it's a different degree of garbage. Ch- you know, There are parents that want to send their kids to a place where they can excel, they can compete, and they can get an amazing education so they can live the next 50 years of their lives educated. Do you see this as maybe the only solution to talking about dumbass stuff like 1619 projects? Well, I I think school choice plays an enormous role in this conversation because uh, if you are in a district or in a school that is not serving your kid in whatever way, whether you don't like the curriculum or whether they're just not, you know, promoting performance the way that you would want. I mean, keep in mind here that in the state of Missouri, only one in three kids is proficient at grade level in math. It's ridiculous. One in three? It's ridiculous. One one in three are are proficient. Two and three are not. That means 33% are proficient in math, which means that, I mean, back in my day, uh, 33% on a test meant you failed. And yet we look at all the school districts across the state, and I believe that a grand total of zero are unaccredited. Like the math on that makes no sense. And so 
I think that the, the objective of schooling should be, you know, the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, and, you know, the, the science, the associated things that you would expect in, in, in there. But I think that increasingly, you know, <laughs> a lot of schools and districts have moved away from those core objectives and moved into kind of the social justice yeah. space. So if you're, if you're going to have, you know, schools that attempt to do that, you know, we get, we get our transparency and everyone's publishing what they're teaching. I think that if parents don't want to expose their kids to those sorts of like problematic or at least debatable issues, I think that school choice plays an important role and not only school choice, but informed school choice. And you can only get an informed school choice when you have oh, districts and schools that are trained. It's ugly and it's time for the public school systems to be destroyed or not destroyed, but it's time for them to compete. It's, it's what it is. It's a monopoly. It's embarrassing. We are not even in the top 10% of, of uh, educated kids anymore in the world. And we invented the public education system. Uh, how yeah, do we I'm fix sure. it? I mean, I'm, what, I'm just curious to know from your perspective, how do we fix all this stuff? You know, there, there are a lot of options. And I, I would defer a, a lot of the, the recommendations to my colleague, Susan Pendergrass, who's our director of education. But one thing that, that we've talked a lot about over the years, and I've been at Show Me for probably about 10 years, uh, we've talked about... Uh, like ESA accounts so that you basically can have a like a backpack of money where your kid can take that money to any school. Yes. Uh, it's kind of the kind of the Arizona model. Right. Uh, or the, uh, Iowa is actually adopting a similar model, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard about Iowa. Follow, yeah. And so the money should follow the kid. And then but near term, one thing that's been discussed quite a bit in the last few months is the idea of interdistrict choice. And so if your house happens to be closer to a high school that's in a different district, maybe you can access that hospital or that that high school. At least in that case, there's a little bit of flexibility, so that you know you, you may not be able to get full school choice at that point, but at least you can go to a neighboring school uh, in a different district if that what, better suits you. Patrick, what about community schooling? You know, I, I spoke with somebody, and hopefully we can have him on this show, who talked to to me about community schooling, and it's happening so so much more frequently. Where we know a lot of parents don't, they don't have the resources to homeschool. So communities are getting together and they're community schooling. They're bringing kids and parents in from the neighborhood and each parent takes time out like maybe one day a month and they are the teacher of the group of students. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, that's become very popular is the idea of micro-schooling. And so a lot of times micro-schooling can come in a lot of different forms. It could be like a hybrid homeschool and like shared space kind of, of right. setting, like you say, where the community comes together and they they educate on certain subjects. Maybe there's a, an expertise in science that one parent can provide to the entire group. Uh, it's becoming enormously popular. My uh, brother, uh, he uh, has three kids, two of them are in school right now. And they decided after all the COVID kind of nonsense, you know, all, all the schools that they were interested in, in enrolling in were requiring mass and they were, they were concerned about forcing vaccines on the kids. And so they opted to go this homeschool, uh, micro school kind of route where it's a little bit of both. I think that that is one of the most kind of disruptive in a good way, kind of innovations that have, has come from COVID is that parents are not only seeing, you know, how schools are actually operating, how they're underperforming or, or failing in a lot of cases, but they're also taking the opportunity now that they've spent so much time at home with the kids uh, because we were working remotely for so long, or a lot of people were anyway, uh, that they feel empowered to be able to, to take that challenge on. And it, it's really exciting. Now, that's not the best option for every kid or every family, and, and that's perfectly fine. But in, in the places where it works, it tends to work pretty well. 
Uh, and I know that my brother is very excited about uh, the progress that, uh, you know, my, my nephew has made. I mean, he's, he is extraordinarily literate. Uh, they've started uh, learning Latin uh, in their, in their like community group. It's really kind of crazy, but uh, I mean, they, it works well for them. And I think that uh, the folks who have started along that path, I don't know, don't know that they're going to actually leave it. I'm curious, Patrick, we're talking with Patrick Ishmael right now. Um, if you do a co-op, if you do a community school, where can these kids go play sports? Would it be at the local high school that they live in? That's a great question. And I think that's a subject has, that has come up in the legislature as well. It's been uh, a massive whether, subject uh, when it comes to homeschooling and where kids can mm-hmm. play sports or where they would go. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a great question. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of community uh, routes to, to have. Uh, in, you know, intramural kind of, of sports. And so I can't speak to that in any any particular detail, but I know that in the past couple of years, that has been a pretty hot topic in the legislature. And I would imagine, especially if they do go down the road to greater school choice, uh, whether it's ESAs or, or something along those lines, I would imagine that they would probably include a provision that would make clear that if you live in a particular school district or in the, you know, the boundaries of a particular high school or grade school, that you might be able to access those sporting opportunities. I think that's important. I think it's a, a great way to socialize, of course, and, and there are lots of ways that schools can offer services to the community. But I think that that's probably something as school choice expands that the legislature's going to have to engage and figure out. It's, it, I can't imagine that's going to be a hard problem to solve, but it might be a problem that it, it'll have to, to figure out. It's unfixable, it seems like. Uh, what's the uh, public school system look like 10 years from now, do you think? I mean, we're, we're on a downward trend, obviously. Do you see anything getting worked out? Do, do we get this whole thing turned around? Oh, we lost Patrick there, unless he fell asleep, and I don't think he fell asleep. Oh, he's back. He's back. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I, I, I think that we get to school choice in probably five years. There we go. Um, five to 10 years. I mean, full where, where it's fully, fully engaged. Okay. Um, beyond that, um, wow. I, I, I think performance is, is up to, uh, to the districts and to the, the state to promote. And, and of course, parents to promote as well. So, I would, and promote um, it on TV commercials. I mean, how awesome would it be to have a TV commercial saying, hey, choose St. Charles uh, non-CRT school system or whatever right. you call it and just have competitive corporate driven schools that just want to educate your kids, you know? Yeah. Well, how cool would yeah, that no, be? I, I think those are out there for sure. Those are out there for sure. But I think that, you know, as we move towards school choice, I think that you're going to see a lot of really interesting innovations, a lot of ways of promoting exactly what. Uh, you know, parents are, are going to have wants and, and needs for the kind of education that's delivered. I think the market would probably deliver up yes. exactly what they want or something close to it, at least something better than the system that we have today. And there are groups out there fighting. Eric's excited. About well, this. What Sorry about a, well, I, you oh, know no. what I just thought of? It's like, what about excited. a what about a big box store for schools like a Best Buy, a Starbucks and then a school system <laughs> across the United States that's under the same logo, the same brand. And they're known for being really good at educating kids. Well, then you that would be cool. It can be until that system goes bad like so many do. Well, well, you don't let them go bad. You you keep an eye on them or whatever well, it would there be. There are well, there are groups out well, there, there are, right now that are funding these charter things. schools. Yeah, not the, not charter no, schools. There are some charter schools that are nationwide. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, charter schools are cool. Uh, Catholic schools are very cool. Um, public schools are not cool because you are, uh, until recently, you didn't have to keep an eye on them. Now you got to keep a damn eye on them. I'm talking about big box brands where maybe if you move from St. Louis to Phoenix, your records transfer with you. You just continue going to the same well, damn school. And yeah. parents, parents should have that choice. And like what I keep trying to say is that there are groups out there right now mm-hmm. fighting to where the money goes with the kid. Yes, sir. And it Ma'am. doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether the kid wants to go to a community school or a public school or a private school. Trade school. The money goes with that yeah. child to whatever school they want yeah. to attend. But there are people out there right now traveling the country, uh, more, believe it or not, more so in Illinois than in Missouri, yeah. fighting hard for these yeah. kids. So, Patrick, I'm curious. Are you saying within five years you see choice schools is it just in the state of Missouri, or will it be a state-by-state state deal? And you see in Missouri that being able to happen where each kid can take their money where they want to go. I think I think it, it'll, it'll be uh, – for Missouri, I think we're going to have some equivalent of an ESA kind of program for school choice in probably the next five years. So now the, the real challenge, if you're talking nationwide, is that, you know, there are states like – California or New York that have no interest whatsoever uh, in, in enabling this kind of competition with districts that are more or less owned by teachers unions. Uh, and so in Missouri, we, we, of course, have teachers unions, but they're not nearly as powerful as elsewhere. And I think that especially for teachers themselves, I, uh, once you start having competition in education, I think that there are going to be a lot of opportunities for teachers that they don't even really you know expect at this point. And once you have that robust competition, Competitions, just like anything, things get more efficient, and the high performers uh, get rewarded. If you have a great yes. teacher under the current, uh, you know, kind of system, they're not necessarily rewarded right. for high performance. It's true, and it that is. is a great point. It's just here it is: teachers, school districts. You're embarrassing the hell out they're of us. Rewarded for time. Yeah, it's it's an, it's time to change all this stuff. I think, and, yeah, and yeah. we gotta save our kids. We gotta save our kids for sure. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you joining us today. Once again, we enjoyed having Patrick on the show with yes, us. Much, much been appreciated, man. Patrick, you're, we were having some issues with that. I just want to remind, thank you again, Patrick Ishmael, the Director of Government Accountability at the Show Me State Institute, talking about the 1619 Project, what's happening in Columbia Public Schools, what parents are being told is happening and being taught compared to what was actually being taught in the schools. And, Dude, if there's a, and if you don't think it can happen in your school district or isn't happening already, think again, do your research, ask questions. You'll find out real fast how people want to yeah. talk to you or not talk to you. Yeah, I think that, that high schools should be more like colleges where you, you pick your hour, your workload. There's a there's a there's a high school in Ohio apparently that's an ABA a high school for my aviation. High, my high school was like that. We got to yes. It was very different than your typical high school. It's not like Ladue is not like. I that know anymore. they changed it. Didn't yeah, I know Ladue they is it. not like back that in anymore. my days. Yeah, things were very different. Yeah, and we also have old. to. And you know, it'd be it would be <laughs> nice if the United States could say, you know, post this on the nightly news every now and then. We're number 36 in the world. Our kids are number 36 in the world as our, far as our, education. Our children are stupid. Not all of them, but the majority of them. And They're that's dumb. really sad. We have to be honest. It's, it doesn't it sound honest. good to say we're 33rd or 36th or whatever we are. But until you can have the honest conversation about where you are, who you are, what your grades say you are, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And nothing's going. Who's going to take ownership of the fact that that's where our education system has become? 
But then you have to think deeper, as Tabitha always reminds us. And as we say, um, we're not just trying to be, quote, conspiracy theorist. Is there something else at play? Is there a reason? Is there an intentional effort to dumb down kids? Is there an intentional effort Ooh. to distract kids and parents with all kinds of things that are out there? Tabitha had a post this last week, and I don't remember what it was, Tabitha, but it said something to the effect of uh, give them beer, football, and something else, yeah. and they won't know what's well, actually going on also, in you know, society. It's also exactly. going to be important. Look. Democrats for years were known as the the blue collar guys, the guys that would go to the factories. We're we're the we're the party of those guys. We want to we want social programs to prepare for their retirement. Blah blah blah. From now on, and this is how we have to start voting. If you vote for Democrats, you're not voting for the blue collar guys no more. You're voting for the AOCs of the world. You're voting for people who are legitimately. And Tabitha has broken this down on the show many times are legitimately trying to break down this country. That's who you are voting for. They're voting for unsafe communities. They take money from George Soros. That is just who we have to deal with from this point forward. So we just have to be truthful about all of this stuff moving forward. If you're a parent, you don't wake up in the middle of the night going, I want to send my kid to Parkway Central who's who's teaching CRT and, and the 1619 Project. They're thinking... I want my kid to be really good at calculus, so I might have a chance of getting them into a good college. It's so, about the grading yeah. curve. Think about think about our grading curve. Why are why do we look so stupid as a country, and our children look so stupid? Because in these public schools, they're changing the grading curve. Now, a lot of these schools, they're grading even the highest rated students by the lowest rated students. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they have that learning curve where mm -hmm. they say, okay, this is the bottom of the barrel of the students. We're going to base all of the grading on these students. They don't want students to excel. or They're getting rid of honors classes in a lot of schools because they find that is that's white privilege, honor classes, which is ridiculous. Eric, if you haven't heard about it, it is actually happening. What's that? Honors classes being taken away. Oh, no, I know. Virginia. Hon honors. Yeah. Honors that you earn being taken away to help you with college scholarships. It's a, it's because the, that's well, not considered to be equitable. It's the whole 1992, first year I ever heard of a participation trophy in a round-robin tournament in sports, kids' sports. It was like, oh, we're going to go to the, the, the trophy presentation. Well, we don't actually have that this year. I'm like, what? No, all the kids on this soccer team, they all get this blue ribbon participation ribbon. <laughs> like, but wasn't there someone that won the damn tournament? Yeah, but that's not really important here. In 1992, I never forget it. And that was like, we went to this thing, and it was like they just handed out the same ribbon to even the team that sucked so bad and the team that won had the same award. I go, well, yep. that's a problem. And look how it's affected professional sports now because all the, all the guys playing in – and, and women playing in professional sports right now, they all grew up in that system of everybody wins a trophy. And I hear from a lot of the coaches, professional coaches that I know, who tell me the professional athlete world has completely changed. Professional sports have changed. Well, we're going to continue to follow what's happening with your school system, what's happening with the 1619 Project. As you know, it's a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, and it should be to you guys as well. But... Are things changing in national media? Eric and Tabitha have talked extensively about CNN, specifically Eric, when uh -huh. it comes to CNN being destroyed. CNN has the lowest ratings that they've had 
in nine years right now, all across the board, maybe ever. And guess who's trending on Twitter this morning? None other than Bill Maher, because Bill Maher is getting bashed by, quote, liberals for being too right wing. Guess who's going to have his show on now on Sunday nights? Is it Sunday or Friday? Oh, I thought it was Sunday. I don't know. I'm Let gonna... me see. I'm looking back into that. Um, well, Friday nights. You were right, Eric. Friday nights on CNN Tonight. Bill Maher's show is moving to CNN. CNN is desperate. They need to put somebody on. And I promise you this much. There is no way in hell Bill Maher is going to trend back, is he? Yes. He's not going to go back to from talking about what he's talking about no, now. No, no, no. You have, have you watched the Bill Maher show lately? Yes. You know what? He is considered to be right-wing by many liberals because he's speaking truth. <laughs> Despite, you know, he sounds like he's got a little bit of common sense in his yes. blood. You know, God forbid a, a, a liberal comedian goes, wait a minute, all this CRT garbage that you're throwing at our kids. He's saying the same things we are a lot of the time. That's called common sense. Now, does he like Trump? No, he makes it real damn apparent oh, he, can't he hates stand. Donald and, Trump. And that's fine. He makes it real apparent. But issue by issue by issue, he tells Democrats, he goes, you guys are a joke. All the stuff that they're trying to throw at the, the American people, the uh, defund the cops, he, go, he tells them you're a joke. I saw him the other night talk about with, uh, what was his name? I can't remember, the politician from uh, Ohio that just lost the senator, um, uh, Ryan, whatever his name is. And those guys were having a conversation. And he was like, yeah, I don't understand. The problem with the Democrats is that no matter if you're a blue-collar Democrat like uh, the Ryan guy out of uh, Ohio. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan uh, yeah. Um, you just vote the party line. Until that stops, until that stops, the Democrats are the most dangerous people on the planet because they run in a pack. They run as fire ants. They attack everything together. No matter if you're a blue-collar Dem, yes. you vote for the AOC policies. Speaking of Democrats and AOC, I think Vic has something. Oh, I just saw it as well. Yeah, he's going to read to it. us. Uh, Eric, here it goes. I think I got to give you credit, too. At one point in time, I think you said it or Tabitha did. Uh, AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, just officially announced that she is going to be serving as the vice-ranking member on the House Oversight Committee. What that does, it makes her the second most powerful Democrat in the House. She's only behind right now Jamie Raskin, who is the highest-ranking member. Um, yeah. Should Republicans be afraid? No, you know she's what a, that she's means. A, she's a no moron. It means well, she she's beyond a moron. But think about this. Do you remember when we used to have Joe from New York join us yeah, in the morning? Can we please get him back? I will. I will get a hold of Joe because Joe told us he told us that he he ran for a dis, attorney district. I don't know, assistant to a district attorney in New York City in Queens. He said that her office is empty. She's never been there. It's just a, a basically a fraudulent scheme to get someone, a progressive liberal, into government. She, she lives in upstate New York. She does not live in New York City, does not go to her office. Her office is empty, dark, no one there. Well, I don't know how those weird games are played. Thank you, Lizzie, for getting us that information. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. But I, those weird games about where a politician lives, that's really beside the point. Once they're in there, the damage they do isn't where they live in upstate New York or Brooklyn. The damage is when they're sitting there on those committees and making the voting and voting for what they vote for. It would be fan. You know what divided government? Here's the, here's what I think 
is bringing the country back, would bring the country back together. If you could reliably know that a Democrat in the Senate would not just vote for Democrat stuff, that they would go, you know what? This doesn't really work for my contingents from the my my uh, group of people that I represent back home. I'm not voting for that. And maybe having a Republican go, you know what? That sounds good, but Democratic law, maybe that does sound good. But unfortunately, they you when you look at the split between the House and the Senate and the seats, you know that they're going to vote in lockstep. But Eric, that AOC, is so damn dangerous to me. AOC is a plant, and why it's why that's important to remember that she's a plant. She's a it, plant. She's a plant, meaning that she's also a puppet for Soros-minded folks. She is a puppet. Someone paid for her to get where she is. She she was a bartender. She has no experience. She's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Someone funded her campaign. They funded this office, and they're doing it all across the country. They're taking these progressive liberals, and they are taking over the Democrat Party. That's right. And who if you're a Democrat That's right. That's right. and you vote for these people, you're part of the who problem. Who funded her? I don't know who funded her. I'm sure we can find out. That's something that needs to be done by some group that has enough money and the oh, resources I'm, to go and do that. If, I'm sure people know. I, I could see that happening without a doubt, Tabitha, because, I mean, let's be real. We're not being mean. There's not a lot upstairs when it comes to politics with AOC, and there hasn't been, <laughs> and there hasn't been from the get go. And no. I'm being as kind as I no, possibly she's not can. Smart. I mean, she she's didn't. Not smart. She doesn't have a, a handle on the playbook. She just doesn't. She she doesn't know what plays to run here or there. She doesn't know how to do public press conferences. Um, it, it doesn't work. So clearly, something happened. Something else is going on. I just wished, and I wish now that. Somebody could bring that to light on who is funding her. Is it a George Soros? Oh, is that, it probably yes. is yes. actually Soros because we know he does it. But think about this. Yes. They are looking for weak spots in our government. Just like Zelensky was a comedian. Look where he's at now. They are looking for weak spots in our government all across the nation, just like New York City, where they say, hey, we can throw a lot of money behind this progressive liberal pu puppet, somebody who's not going to fight back somebody who's going to say anything we tell them to say and we will make sure they win in this district they're doing yeah. it everywhere and we have to watch out for these people we're the conservative billionaires if anybody knows them tell them about cancel this please let them know what we're doing and trying to do it's not even conservative I think we'll what, send eric up to new york to find here out. is one thing i think that we need to do scotty me and you'll work on this production later we have got to have for the next two years an infomercial campaign about George Soros. Seriously, a 30-second commercial is about if you vote for these politicians, here's the guy that's funding this stuff. And we do a whole expose on this George Soros guy, and you dress him up to look like Darth Vader. You dress him up to look like <laughs> the, the like uh, Austin Powers, uh, um, Dr. Evil, whatever you have to do. This is the guy that's throwing millions of dollars at Kim Gardner to become and destroy St. Louis, Missouri. And then you go from city to city. There needs to be a campaign where soccer moms understand who this clown is. Okay? It needs to be illegal. Soccer moms don't understand who this clown is. They don't. They don't get a George Soros throwing money at Los Angeles at the DAs to destroy these communities. There needs to be a well-funded, maybe, I don't know, $100 million campaign that is just about George Soros. If you vote for X person in, in Des Moines, Iowa... He was funded by this guy that you've been seeing all the commercials about. That's who you're voting for. So that you can somehow, you have to whittle away 
at what this guy is doing. Well, why can't we just make it illegal? Do you know in Russia, Soros is not allowed to fund any political campaigns. His money is not welcome there. In fact, they have a target on his head, literally dead or alive. Yeah, it's pretty sad when Russia. Russia. It's pretty sad when Russia has more going on in their country to stop the infiltration of parties and political agendas. Now, I know there's a, a basic dictator there, but because they're anti-globalism, we are pro-globalism. Globalism. We want and they do promote the fact that they're fighting globalism. I, yes. I will give Putin that, but is it the best way? No, it's not. But is there any easy way to fight globalism? Well, it seems to me, after a little research in our little whiteboard project, that globalism is all about the Western countries. It, the well, United it's about States, NATO. About Europe. It's about NATO. Australia seems to want to get on board with this whole globalism thing. Uh, any, by, any country that's in a union and not being dictated to like a Russia or a China or whatever... Those are the people that are looking for this globalism. It is literally about NATO. A any country who is part of NATO is part of globalism. Yeah. Any country who is part of BRICS is against globalism. And it's coming to the point where the world is dividing in half. And you're either for globalism or you're against it. And you know what? Countries are taking sides. One by one, they're taking sides. And now we have countries joining BRICS building this military to go against NATO what I have no idea what our future looks like who's going to who's well, going to We're trying to power? figure it out that's why we do this how, show Well how far are they willing to go to fight <laughs> yeah. globalism or to fight yeah. for globalism that's what you know, it's going to come down to Did you ever think about this tab and does this keep you up at night I know a lot of stuff keeps you up at night but does this one keep you up at night Well I don't sleep at night so nothing technically keeps me okay. up Okay well you're insomnia have you ever thought about if they would just come out and I know here's the next thing out of her mouth is going to be, oh, they'll never do that. But watch, Scotty. Have you ever thought, why don't they just come out with a big campaign, like a big rally and say, yes, we're trying to do this globalist kind of thing with digital currencies and all. And the whole kit and caboodle with flying monkeys all over the place and, you know, whatever it is that they're going to bring out to the stage. <laughs> And just do a big presentation on what they want I have and the fight for. I have the perfect answer for that. Yes. Isn't it coming? And, and the perfect answer for that, Eric, is because they don't want you to know. Why not? Because if, if, it's you so good. Knew, if you knew what was coming to you under globalism, if yeah. you knew what globalism was going to do to you, the average person, not oh. the top 1%. You would fight with everything you have really? against it, and you know what? They are but these people on... feel different about it. Though. No, here, but see what I'm saying? I know, but listen to this. What they're counting on is their state-ran media. They're running a campaign that's telling you, "Hey, look the other way. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that." None of this is true, and they're they're leading you astray while they usher in globalism while you're not looking. Because if you knew what globalism meant. To all but the top one percent, you would fight with every single thing you, you know. Have. What I've had now, Glenn two, says, guys, just shut up and eat your crickets. You know, <laughs> no kidding. I've heard now two guys, like two guys in the last fourteen days text me from my buddies, that, and these guys have money. Um, two guys have said, you know, the here's the place I'm going is Dubai. I've heard that now twice. Dubai is a very beautiful, I've heard that twice. Expensive place. They, they they're like, man, he goes. Good luck with what with this country. I'll be in the next three years. I'll be in Dubai. I, what? That can't be true. And they're like dead are on they serious. They are not Muslim. They are as American as apple pie as you, all of three well, of us put it, together. It makes sense. United Arab Emirates 
It's a beautiful country. Never been there. They they don't, even though it's a, a Muslim country, you still have all the freedoms you would have, more freedoms there than you would have here. And think about this. Even their taxi cab drivers drive Ferraris and Lamborghinis. If you go to, to Dubai and you call a cab, it's very likely that a Ferrari will come and pick you up. You mean as an Uber? As an Uber, as a rideshare driver. <laughs> nice. That's correct. Unbelievable. It's a very, very yeah. wealthy country. Well, um, the people in the but know Tabitha, are the people tell everybody, in the But if you like to drink alcohol and yeah, stop by can, bars. You can drink alcohol in Dubai. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it was like the first time, it's like, you know, we all talk with our buddies about, hey, where would you go? I'll say, I'd go down to Clearwater, Florida. Or I'd go to northern, you know, up to Cali- California, up in the northern Los Angeles area. That's the first time I've, I'm starting to hear people go, no, this country's jacked. I'm out. And, and this is and only I'm, the I'm, tip of the iceberg, Eric. Yeah. Think where we're going to be in 10 years from now, 20 years from now. We have NATO just yesterday, one of the NATO committee, the committee chair, saying, hey, we're ready to fight Russia in a direct conflict. We have real problems in this country. And if people don't start waking up and they don't start realizing what's coming your way between and this thing with Russia, it's just about globalism. It, it, that's really all this is about. It is. And it makes sense. But I do believe... For the first time, I don't know, I'd say since World War II, and when media started to change, in my opinion, in the 90s, really started to change in the 90s, um, we have information being put forward now because there's so many groups that do it. Case in point, a guy like Bill Gates. What did Bill Gates do? Oh, he dropped his stock in the in the V. He dropped his stock in the V, but you know what he said before he dropped his stock in the V? It doesn't work. It doesn't stop any sort of transmission. <laughs> it doesn't help you. And it's not going to be a lasting source of, let's say, immunity. So he made his billions uh, on the V, took his money out, because we know it was all just a money grab anyway, wasn't so it? So nobody should ever trust anything the man says, no. invest in, or does, case in point. But at least we're hearing, and it's being brought forward, I'm not surprised that he said this. I'm surprised that we get it. I'm surprised that it's out there for you to see, very simple in an interview. And, of course, the national media is not talking about it. The national media was also not talking about the situation with um, the young man that worked for Chizer and that we had on video um, speaking about, yeah, well, you know, it's, you know, we're working on, you know, mutation and things like that. People, the information's out there just because a lot of us had to deprogram ourselves if you don't hear it on main platforms or in main papers that, oh, it can't be true. But remember who main national networks and main newspaper publications are about. Yeah, They're about liberal agendas. So, of course, they're not going to have this information. And it's sad, but it's true. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, we're living in a completely different world right now, and it's uh, it, every single day we come on this show and we're trying to figure out the little pieces that are holding it all together. And um, you know, again, it's gonna get like you're listening to Colonel Adams today. When a guy like Colonel Adams, who you know his pedigree, when you know his record, go, it's too late, and then he, it's a full stop. And when you look, when someone like that looks at you, Tabitha, then they go, it's over. How does that make you feel in your stomach? Uh, well, I've known that for, a, it was, it's been over for a very long time for St. Louis City. But you know what concerns me, Eric? It's not, we focus on St. Louis City because we live in Missouri. But it's happening in cities 
all across the country. I was just telling Vic this morning when I came in, Austin, Texas. I love Austin, Texas, but I'll tell you what, they're fighting the same problems in Austin as we're fighting right here in Missouri. And I just read a story about these two females who own a hair salon and they are thinking about closing their business like so many other businesses that have closed in Austin because they said, hey, we're tired of crime. We keep getting robbed. We keep having any, these incidences happening. We are so low staff in our police department that when we call police, it takes them an hour to arrive. And that's not we think about it in St. Louis terms, but this is happening in cities all across the country. P police departments are understaffed. Crime is rising exponentially. Police cannot respond to crime when it happens. And then they want to take away our gun rights so that we can't even defend ourselves. We're going to, they, they really want us. They really want us in our homes under control and they don't care. They're telling us to learn to live with crime. Mm. Brutal. It is brutal. Okay. It's Tuesday already, guys. Yes. It's Tuesday. And what does that mean? We need to make it a nice week. We need it. We need a, a week Puppy of niceness. Puppy dogs and sunshine. We need a week of niceness. This is media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is media week in the NFL. We have no football coming up. Well, we just we need to have like uh, beautiful stories for the rest of the week. Well, well there is a beautiful story that just happened. I'm waiting. Go ahead. Santos just George Santos stepped down. He Did just he? great. Now they're going to elect a, a Democrat. Good now, job. <laughs> but CNN won't have anything else to talk about because the, this is a he should have stepped down. Yeah, he should have. This is I, I'm convinced he was paid. Who knows. He was an infiltrator, but this is what CNN does. Instead of talking about the real issues, they'll talk about a person who nobody cares about, who has no play, no say in anything important, and try to make it a headline and hammer it day after day after day because they're trying to feed what few subscribers they have left the food like a mama bird gives to her baby birds, giving a little worm each day to make them feel comfortable because we know, unfortunately, there are liberal Democrats who like CNN and think that this George Santos story was really big. It wasn't. It wasn't. Mm. If you're, I mean, in the grand scheme of things going on right now <laughs> with classified documents being found all over the place, with what's happening with the economy, with what's happening with inflation, with what's happening with the housing market, with what's happening across seas, with NATO, with Ukraine, with immigration, the border. These are the massive stories that people should be caring about, true, truly caring about CRT. It was not a big story. It really wasn't. It was. It was goofy as hell that the exactly. guy. He was just like a. It was like bedtime for Bonzo. He it was. was a it was a salacious yeah. story, and unfortunately, Americans have been trained to love salacious, even if it has no bearing oh, on. Their no, life. it was a Republican salacious. But Santos story. had no bearing on any liberal Republican independence life. It means nothing in your life. But why? Here, but again, it's the double standard. It's the double standard because what about AOC? We AOC has been caught in numerous lies, numerous lies since her name first appeared. But yet, no one holds her accountable. Santos, I don't know as much about Republican Santos I've or just conservative it. outlets hold her responsible. National media does not. That's where there's a changing of the guard that's starting to take place. It just takes time. It just takes time and and look at and Trump. resources to do the kind of things that we're doing and other people are. Why is it that what we saw happen to Trump was a coup? It was treason, no doubt. We now know that the Democrats took part in a collusion against Trump. They lied about his involvement with Russia when it was really them involved with Russia. So why aren't these people being charged with treason? Why aren't they being charged with sedition because they did stage a coup against a sitting president? 
Why is none of that happened? Not only is it not happening, it's not even being discussed. I think we need on this show, let's, does anybody know anybody like this? I feel like we need a true left-wing liberal. Not not a liberal, not a, a St. Charles liberal. I'm talking a, a full-on liberal that that we don't understand. It's almost like talking to someone from another world. Because every time I, I watch... I'll get you one this week. Eric. I want to talk to somebody. We do that occasionally on and the I'm show. And I'm not talking about Drew Collins who comes we in from a, from a different... We haven't done that in a while. It, just someone who can come on here and say, I'm going to explain to you the goodness of liberalism. And I just want to hear somebody. I think it's every now and then we just have to do it because I do not understand how human beings want to destroy everything as badly as these people do. Now I get it. You it's think, a pride issue. Once you, is it a pride once issue? you back Biden, once you say you're a liberal, Eric, it's like being in truth a club. does not come in. It never comes into play. And if you're a conservative and somebody does something wrong, or if there's somebody that may be in the middle, are you really going to see a Republican denounce their ideals? It's 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 beyond ideal. I, I think it's human nature. They're, no, Eric, they're reading no, headlines. Liberals are reading headlines. They, they listen to the media. They turn their television on. If you took, I mean, it's almost like a, a science experiment. If you took a child and you put them in front of a television and you fed them the news that they see on television, and, and we know this is, of course, what's happening, guess how they're going to grow up? They're going to believe all of this stuff to be the truth. They're, they're not being taught to critically think. Yeah, I'm not talking, I'm not, yeah, it's... I, I want you to explain the new Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, statue that they just erected. I want you to explain the Martin Luther King statue that they erected. I want you to explain how bringing kids that are of four, three, five, six, seven, and eight into LGBTQ Marxism at its finest, which has infiltrated I, this country, I would love that. and being yeah. trying, Eric, Marxism w- as an ideal has been pushed in this country for a long time, but it was fought. It was a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. Now you infiltrate, you play on the heartstrings, you tug on the heartstrings, you get in. Then once you get in, you try to expand. And then you expand until you get total domination. I just want you to before t- people can right. even realize what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but you're 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 yes, what you just said, but it would be like, let's just go just have everybody has a piece of paper and they just bring up one topic, whatever that topic is. Um $30 trillion in debt, yet you want to raise the debt limit. Go. And then and then watch their face as they if they, as they know what they're handing off to their kids. They'll change is, the subject or they'll change the topic. They're Eric, I've been in several of these conversations. Go. LGBTQ men and transition in little kids at a library at 9 in the morning. Go. And then we'll see what they say. They're brainwashed, Eric. You know that. I know. This has been just, ingrained in their head. I mean, just from- watch them. Don't even retort. Just watch them. Try to explain all this stuff, and we'll just have all of our lists, and we'll just say, you know, this country was the best country on the planet. It gave the most opportunity. It funded the most opportunity to bring people out of poverty on the planet Earth, yet you guys are trying to destroy it now. So let's just go point by point and watch them squirm or watch them, watch them shine. Well, we, can, we change things under Trump. Think about this. When Trump became elected as our president in 2016, Look how quickly he undid so much of the damage that they caused by putting these America First policies in place. He very quickly and very rapidly Truth. came into office, 
change these policies, reduce the border crossings, like we said, by 92%, reduce insulin costs down to $35 versus $1,500, saving a ton of lives. He had an America First insurance policy, health policy that was going to go into place. He was going to go against NATO, going to go against the UN. He was taking us out of globalism. And so what did they do? The regime, who now is is headed by the puppet Pedo Peter, the regime came in, they staged a coup, they took the presidency away from Trump because he was changing everything they did. And you know what? If we start fighting back, we start fighting fire with fire, and we get another conservative president into office, whether it be Trump, whether it be DeSantis, or someone else, we can reverse all these policies. If we're fighting hard to reverse the policies, we can have a great country wow. again in no time at all. I tell you what, Trump did a good job. He did a phenomenal he, it was job. Like, it was like he was stiff-arming everybody for four years. He was like a running back. And every, everybody on this other team was trying to tackle him, and he was trying to stiff arm, yet he was still running and accomplishing things. It was kind of nuts what that guy went through for four years. That's why they staged, did a good a job. they staged a coup against him. Now, Biden has destroyed this place in two years. I do think there is a hope of getting someone back in there. Maybe not Trump. Maybe it's a DeSantis. But someone can come in and fix the wrongs. And check this out. All of these spotlights that of all the bad stuff going on in this country are are magnified beyond anything this country has ever seen. We're putting a magnification on education in this country. There's a magnification on the health care in this country, magnification on the border in this country. So what we've seen in the last two years, we didn't really see a lot back in the past. Now, the, this next presidential election, these candidates are going to be able to go, we have a massive problem in our public education system. I'm going to be elected to fix that. I'm going to be elected to fix our energy uh, needs. We're going to turn that pipeline back on. We're going to be energy sufficient. We're not getting rid of gas stoves. So a lot of spotlights have been turned on in the last 24 but months. Eric, I'm not as do- I'm not as pessimistic as, as Colonel Joe you're is. You're talking a good talk. Are you ready to walk the walk? I don't because know what walk the walk. What, what is walking yeah, the walk? Is Are that? you ready to walk the walk? Because here you put out some good points. You always do. Every day you have great points. But here's the thing. How far are you as a person, you individually, how far are you willing to go to make sure we get another conservative, whether it's Trump, DeSantis, whoever, back into office so we can save our country? So how far are you willing to go to save our country? Are you willing to fight fire with fire? Are you willing to go to Washington, D.C. and potentially be jailed well, just like the J6 folks? No. Are, how how no, because far that are doesn't you willing get, to that go? Because he's not going to go in illegally. No, no, no. So first of all, everybody on this show, the January 6th thing, we were all kind of skeezed out about it. That was not the way to go about it. It wasn't. It wasn't even to go to have a, a rally for Trump. That wasn't the way to do it either. How do you I'm fight? Sorry. How do now, you fight back against the globalist regime? If you, you don't vote stand these up, clowns look out what's of happened in it's Iran. In, it's in 134 days. People are well, dying. Well, how have in you lost streets. it? How did you lose it? You lost it with TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. You lost it in the millennial and the Gen X section. That's how you lost it. Bernie Sanders was your hero as a kid or a liberalist or whatever you're called. How the hell do you look at Bernie Sanders, who sounds like the guy from uh, from the, the Pink Muppets Panther? Yeah, Pink it's Panther. like I mean, you're my avoiding, God, you're avoiding you're oh, avoiding the topic. Him, what are you? What are what you? What am I willing to do? I'll talk about it. I'll talk country. about it on this podcast every day. What are you and going I'll go to vote. do for your country? How far are you willing to go? Nobody knows until put into that situation. I think you got to vote him out oh, because these at, were voted in. And speaking of voting, yes, I'd like to add this. 
Over the weekend, did you see one Donald J. Trump going after DeSantis oh. yet again? Yes. Okay. And I wish he about, wouldn't do that. I, I know, but he literally came out. I mean, that's a fever pitch now. It's a boiling point. So at some point, DeSantis is going to respond in some way. Quote, if he runs, this is Trump talking about DeSantis. If he runs, that's fine. I'm way up in the polls. He's going to have to do what he wants to do, but he may run. I do think it would be a great act of disloyalty because, you know, I got him in. He had no chance. His political life was over. That's all true, what Donald Trump is saying, and can be proven. He did. He's, DeSantis was going to lose his race in Florida until Trump got involved. But have things changed? Has the success that Ron DeSantis had in the state of Florida changed all of that? Whether it is or whether it isn't, I can tell you this. I don't think it's a great idea for these two to be going back and forth at each other. And gonna, I know we've talked gonna about happen. it before. It's going to happen because that's Trump's nature. Or maybe Trump knows something we don't know. That's that's true as well. That's the only thing I can think in my head. Maybe and DeSantis he has not discussed anything. He says he, as, of, as of now, there are no plans to run. Exactly. So maybe there's a skeleton in the closet that Trump knows about. And DeSantis is being like, okay, I'm not going to run because I do. I know I have the skeleton. I hope you're wrong. We don't know. Who cares? Mm. DeSantis has done an, an ass-kicking job with Florida. He, and, and that's and, exactly and, right. And Abbott has not done an ass-kicking job with Texas. because Yes, you, he has. No, he hasn't. Because there's still these overrun cities. It's Austin, not, it's not Houston. No, you go in there and you clean the damn situation up. And you get as... I mean, that's... I'm sorry. I would look at a DeSantis way over an Abbott right DeSantis, now. I'm sorry. Well, Abbott right now, his problem is he is overwhelmed with what's happening on his border. Well, then fi- mm-hmm. if, you can fix it, if you can fix it, if you can fix He's it... He's deputizing citizens. All right. Well, He's we'll keep an eye on Abbott, other states, but no. Can we have your National Guard... I mean, he is completely overwhelmed with what's going on in. We got to figure this out. What is this? January thirty first, January thirty first, twenty twenty three. We have literally five months until this game starts. This is pregame. This is this is basically Jupiter, Florida, right now with the Cardinals. the 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 first pitch comes right at Labor Day this year. Nikki Haley, no. Pompeo, no. None of it matters. Um, I'm, I'm, I am, really I'm doing it, it now. None, I'm Eric, doing it now. Eric, none of this matters. If you're not willing to walk, and I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about everyone out there. If people aren't willing to walk the walk, none of this matters. I don't know what walk the walk means. Because you know what? If we're not ready what to fight mean? back, if we're not ready to to do what needs to be done, they're just going to cheat in the election. Well, do and it doesn't the, matter what, who runs. If you had to put your punch list together right now, because I just don't understand what you're saying, but I'm sure you do. If you had to put your punch list together, what are the in the order of importance? What are they that we have to do? Me, get just, out, g- register to work in the polls. That's one of the most important things someone can do. Register to work in the polls because if you're at the polling okay. locations, maybe it's less likely they can get away okay, with so, cheating. So your your I like your, that. Your concern is cheating. Okay, what's number two? Number my number two would be. Uh, Soros money. Okay. And I don't know how we can fight back you against you, Soros there's nothing money. You can do the about. only way you can do that is to vilify him. Because you think about this. That's even, the only way you can do it. Even with Trump in office, Trump never, never came out against Soros. He never tried to get lawmakers to say, let's not allow Soros, mon- Soros money in this country. Okay. What's number three? 
My number three would be that we have to start, you know, we hear all of these different situations with all of these different companies, let's say AT&T that canceled Newsmax. That's just one instance. We have to start standing up in unison against these countries. I mean, against these companies. When a company comes after us and they cancel us, we have to unite. We have to realize we are the majority and we have to start fighting back. We're too complacent. As conservatives, we're busy. Agreed. We're India. working, we're living our lives, raising our families. We have to stand up and we have to start fighting for our country, for our freedom, for our freedom of speech, and we're not doing it. I think also one thing you're leaving out is is recruiting. You need to recruit the younger, younger people. Younger people. You have to. That's Eric, you would be awesome at that. <laughs> with you my, would be. With my wig and base. Whatever it takes. You know what? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Whatever it And you know what we need? We need a Christian revolution. That's what I we need. I think that's coming. We need. I do a feel something Christian, like that is a happening. A Christian revolution. Think about that. A Christian revolution would change everything. Every problem we have in this country would be solved by a Christian revolution. I think it's coming. I do. I feel. It would something. be interesting to see if we could get that. That's for sure. Yeah. The yin and the yang, man. Hey, real quick, guys. I just want to remind everybody. Uh, go to canceltheshow.com. Canceltheshow.com. You guys who listen every day, you know what we're about. You know what we bring. You know the interviews and the topics we discuss. We say it all the time. It's not just to fill air time. Please share the show. Canceltheshow.com. You can donate to the program as well and everything we do. Go to canceltheshow.com, and then you will find a donate button on the home screen. If you're doing it from your cell phone, you just click on the menu button, and it will take you there as well. We continue to try to bring the best guests that we can possibly bring in. Um, tomorrow, big show coming up as we continue to have people come on. 8.30, Kathy Helbig Strick talking real estate. And guess who we have at 9 o'clock, guys? Who? G57. Governor Parson. Governor Parson will be making his debut on the show. So uh, I appreciate Governor Parson coming in on the show to show his support for not only what we do for all of us as individuals, but also for everybody who joins this show as well. There's not a topic he won't discuss. I know not everybody gets happy with some of the things Governor Parson is being about. Everybody wants Governor Parson to be Ron DeSantis he is not. I love Governor Parson, uh, by the way. So um, we're glad that uh, he has chosen to join us this week. Um, love talking to him. Yeah, I know. Um, next week, uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey will be joining nice. us as nice. well. So we've got him locked in we as well. We need to get Nick Schroer in here as well. well. We'll get Nick in as well. We're just grateful that you know the biggest political people you can talk to in the state of Missouri are coming to CancelThisShow.com because they support what we're doing, our professionalism, and, of course, um, just trying to bring you, the people, the best subjects and topics that we possibly can. And it wouldn't be possible without you guys. So please share the show. Go to canceltheshow.com. Let everybody know about it. We have a massive following that's growing by the day, but there are still so many people just throughout the St. Louis area that still don't know what we are doing here. So please let people know. Join the show. Canceltheshow.com. We appreciate you guys joining us today. Have an awesome day. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Thanks again to Patrick Ishmael for joining us today. Also, to Colonel Joe Adams. I didn't know if he was serious or not. He may put some of those those plans into place. He said, he said nuke Iran. I know. <laughs> I know. I love Colonel Joe Adams. We Turn love it him. into a parking lot. Scotty Gherkin, how you doing, man? We were so busy today, we didn't get to hear your voice. I'm just listening, chilling. <laughs> Lizzie Sparks, thank you for all the work on social media. Scott Gerken, Eric Johnson, Tab the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. Have a great day. We'll see you next time for Cancel This.